You know, when we talk about the Father, and when we talk about the Son, there's not much controversy there. But oftentimes in Christianity, it is when we talk about the Holy Spirit that there is a lot of confusion and a lot of a lot of disagreements there and a lot of controversy when it comes to who the Holy Spirit is. I know this is going to kind this is going to sound kind of silly. But you know back in the old days whenever we did something that was wrong, we did something that was sinful, what we simply did was we blamed the devil for everything, right? We always say, you know, that's the devil. The devil caused me to do this. The devil caused me to do that. Nowadays, in our positive idea of society, in which we always want to stay positive, we don't want, we don't want to focus on anything negative anymore. And nowadays, what we do is we credit the Holy Spirit for everything. Even the things that we've personally experienced in our own lives, whether or not it's biblical, whether or not it's true, whether or not it's sinful or not, we credit the Holy Spirit for everything. And we're simply saying that, you know what, the Holy Spirit is actually just leading us into something new. Even though the Word of God teaches us that we must not add to the Word of God or we must not take away from the Word of God. The very sins of the Pharisees and the Sanhedrins during the time of Jesus Christ. The Sanhedrins were known for taking things out of the scriptures, for negating things from the scriptures, things that they did not like, things that they did not agree with. They were known for doing that. The Pharisees, those who greatly opposed Jesus Christ during his time, the Pharisees, they were known to add things to the Bible. And they made, they turned so many of the man laws that they've made, they, they, they burdened those people during their time so much. And they just added one law after another, one law after another, added all these things to the Scriptures. And many times in our, the context of our own time, many times we often do that with the Holy Spirit. So we add so many things to Him, many things that may even be contrary to where He is leading us. And we just say, you know what? He's leading us to something new. And so today what I want us to do because I want us to really just focus in on the works of the Holy Spirit. Francis Chan, a Chinese pastor in the Bay Area now, he calls the Holy Spirit the forgotten God. Out of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, he says that the Holy Spirit is the forgotten God. And there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that because many times we talk about the Father, many times we talk about the Son, but we have often forgotten about the Holy Spirit, and what His role is in our lives as Christians. John MacArthur, a pastor down south, he says, the people are a little, a little less reluctant to bring dishonor on the name of God and on the name of Jesus Christ, but they think they have a free run at dishonoring and abusing the Holy Spirit. And by that, he means, and he talks about the things that I was talking about, that many times, just our own personal experience, whether or not, you know, it's even scriptural, we just Say it's the Holy Spirit that's leading us. We have a hunch somewhere. We have a feeling somewhere. We have a, we have a desire for something. And we say, this is the Holy Spirit leading us. Some of us, we have a dream. And we say that the Holy Spirit gave us that dream. 
You know, we have so many people on TV, many t- uh, preachers on TV selling us all these ideas of the Holy Spirit. I, just, I was just reading on, I was just looking on Facebook, and we have this pastor who's going around saying that he has the Holy Spirit, and because he has the Holy Spirit, he has blessed these cloths, and if you buy these cloths from him, you will be healed. <laughs> all you got to do is send him $40. Send him $40, he'll bless these cloths with the Holy Spirit, and if you're sick, all you got to do is receive that and touch that, and you'll be healed. We have so many things going on, many, so many abuse going on when we talk about the Holy Spirit. I see pastors who, who are saying that, you know what, as long as, as, long as they touch you, because nowadays they have, we use iPhone and, and a FaceTime, right? I, I hear pastors saying that as long as they touch you on their cell phone, if you FaceTime them and they touch you, then they can share the Holy Spirit with you already, right? We have all kinds of crazy stuff going on around when it comes in regards to the Holy Spirit. And that's why I want to lead us to read this, this chapter of, or this verse here in Galatians, in which the Apostle Paul is teaching us exactly what the Holy Spirit's role is. And he says that we are called to be free, but that freedom is not to be indulged in the flesh. Why is that? That is because the flesh is contrary. It is in conflict with the Spirit. And he goes on and he gives us a list of what the flesh the desires of the flesh is. And then he goes on, he, he gives us a list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And he says we are to walk by the Spirit. The first thing we must understand about the Holy Spirit is this, that the Holy Spirit is equal with the Father and the Son. That he is equal with them. That within the Godhead Trinity of one God and three persons, that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is equal with both of them. But my paper is, and this is what happens when I, I preach in the Hmong session and then, I, and then the English se- session is I get my paper messed up. <laughs> I get my notes messed up here. But we see, but what we see in the, in, in the Holy Spirit is this, that in the Great Commission, we see in Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus Christ was commanding, where he was teaching the disciples to go out and make disciples and to baptize them. He says this, he says that you are to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's confirming that they are equal in the, in the Godhead of the Trinity. So we're not simply to baptize them in the name of the Father. We're not simply to baptize them in the name of the Son. But we're to baptize them in all three names. The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then when we look into, into the story of creation in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, we see that the Holy Spirit was there at that time. He was there operating during creation. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters at the time of creation. God, God spoke the world into existence, and the Spirit of God was there at creation. We see in Luke chapter 3 the baptism of Jesus Christ. And we see that as Jesus Christ was being baptized, we see that the Holy Spirit was descending upon the Son at that time. And then we see the voice, we hear the voice from heaven, the voice from the Father from heaven, proclaiming that this is my Son whom I love. And so all these teaches us that 
testifies to us about the, how, how they're equal within the Godhead. But yet, even in this, that they're equal, they have different roles within this Godhead. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, we see that Peter is teaching us about the different roles in which the Father has, and the Son has, and the Spirit has. In 1 Peter, there's three things. He says that the Father chooses us. You see, the Father's role within this Godhead is that He is the one that chooses us as according to His foreknowledge. In the Son, we are, the, we are being sprinkled by the blood of the Son, Jesus Christ. And then when it comes to talk about the Spirit, it talks about the Spirit being the one to sanctify us, to become obedient to Jesus Christ. And when we think about these three roles, one of the things that we as Methodists, we have often forgotten, is the doctrine of sanctification, which is so essential, so foundational to us as United Methodist Church. It is so foundational to the doctrine of John Wesley. He talked about the holiness movement. He talks about the doctrine of perfection, which is basically the doctrine of sanctification. The holiness movement, being sanctified, being made to become more and more and more like Jesus Christ. You see, we talked about being cho chosen by God, and we practice these things. We talk about Jesus Christ saving us. But sanctification is something that we have often forgotten. And that is actually the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives as Christians. That as He comes and He dwells within us, that He is sanctifying us, that He is changing us, He is empowering us to overcome the flesh. And that's what it's talking about when it says sets us free, is to overcome the desires of the flesh, the desire to sin. Because in our own power, we're not able to do that. And so the three different roles that we must remember is that the Father chooses us, the Spirit sanctifies us, and we are sprinkled by the blood of Jesus Christ. goes on further to talk about the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit is the author of the Scriptures. Many times when we look at the Scriptures, we say, you know what, we will take certain part of the Scriptures you know, sometimes we'll just take the red part of the scriptures because those are words spoken by Jesus Christ. And we will ignore the rest of the scriptures. But the Bible actually teaches us that the entire scripture was written by the Holy Spirit. Of course, we talk about Paul. Of course, we talk about Moses. Of course, we talk about Peter. We talk about Luke. But these were simp simply men that were being used by the Holy Spirit to write the Scripture. The ultimate author of the Scripture is the Holy Spirit. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19 through verse 21, it says, We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, you see. Peter is saying that this is completely reliable, and, he and he'll start giving us reasons to why the Scriptures is reliable. And he says, You will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, a place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scriptures, okay, no prophecy of scriptures came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were being carried along 
by the Holy Spirit. So Peter is teaching us here, he is, he is arguing for the reliability of the Scriptures in our own lives, that we can depend on it. We can depend on it as the authority in our lives. And the reason for that, that he gives us, is because the Scriptures, the, the Word of God, is not something that men simply came up with. But that it was that these men, they were able to put this in place because God was carrying them. The Holy Spirit of God was carrying them throughout as they put these words down for us. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scriptures, all scriptures is God-breathed. And so the Holy Spirit is the author of scriptures. The first thing, one thing he does is he sanctifies us. And he's also the author of scriptures. One thing we must always remember, we must always remember, the Apostle Paul, he talks about the Berians, and he, he compares them to the, the people of the, at Thessalonica. And he says the Berians are much, much more noble in their faith. And the reason for that was because everything that they heard that was being taught to them, they took that and they compared, they compared it to the Scriptures. They just didn't take whatever the pastor was saying. They just didn't take whatever the apostles, the disciples were saying. But what they did was they took that and they compared it to the Scripture to make sure that what the disciples were saying, to make sure that what the apostles were saying, the leaders of the church were saying, was true as according to the Scriptures. And us, for us in English, we have one word for the word word. In Greek, they actually have two words. When we, we read it in the, in, in the Greek language. The first word is logos or logos. The second word is rima. The first word logos or logos, where we get our word logic, it refers to the written word of God. And that's basically the Bible. It refers to the written word of God. Now when they talk about the rima, that talks about the spoken word. Like something that I'm doing right now, that would be considered the rima. And so, in the context of the scriptures, you must always test the rima, the spoken word, along with the logos, the written word, to ensure that it does not contradict with one another. And so, as the pastor, it is my responsibility to teach you the word of God. And it is your responsibility to take what I say and take that and compare it to the scriptures to ensure that what I am teaching you is according to what the Holy Spirit uh, Spirit has revealed to us through the scriptures. Whether you agree with me or not, it's not that's not the point. Whether you agree with the scriptures, whether you agree with the Bible or not, that's not the point. The point is that you are to take everything that I say, everything that I say, the rima, and take that and compare it to the written word, the logos, to make sure that what I'm saying to you is from the Holy Spirit, not from myself. As a pastor, I am held responsible before God to ensure that the things that I teach you is not of my own opinion, but that the things that I teach you is of God. The Word of God teaches us that God holds teachers of His Word much more responsible than anybody else because we're responsible. We're responsible for ultimately revealing His words to His people, to His children. And so I take what I do very, very seriously. Very, very seriously. And one of the things that you must do is also understand that, that it is your job to take what I say and measure it against the Word of God. 
if the things that I say comes from the Word of God, then you must listen to it. Not because you are to listen to me, but because you are to listen to God. But if the things that I say does not come from the Word of God, you are to disregard it, discard it. If it's just simply my opinion, you are to disregard it, because my opinion doesn't matter. My opinion matters very little to your salvation. Okay? I mean, I can, I can, I can be the greatest speaker there is, but my opinion matters very little when it comes to your eternity. The only thing that matters is what's in the scriptures, and you are to compare it. Jesus Christ says, as he was departing from his disciples, and he says, and he's, in uh, John chapter 16, he says, I have so much more to tell you. I have so much more to tell you. But you cannot yet bear to hear it. You see, this is the reason why we must understand that it is the Holy Spirit that is the author of scriptures, because Jesus Christ himself have said that he has not taught us everything. Because we were not ready. At the time in which he was here, walking on this earth, he himself says, I have much, I still have so much to tell you, but you're not ready for it yet. You, you cannot yet bear to hear it yet. However, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and he will guide you. When you're ready, the spirit will come. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears. And he will declare to what uh, to you what is to come. He will glorify me by taking from what is mine and disclosing it to you. You see, Jesus Christ himself is saying that, you know what, I, I've walked with you for three and a half years. He's talking to his disciples. I've walked with you for three and a half years, but I can't teach you everything yet. I have yet to teach you everything but because you're simply not ready for it. But yet when I return to my Father, the Holy Spirit will come and the Holy Spirit will continue to teach you what I have yet to teach you. And that's why we have words written by the disciples, by the apostles. And these are the truths that Jesus Christ is talking about when he says that the Holy Spirit will lead you into the truth. That when he comes, he will lead you into these things. So that's the reason why we can't simply ignore everything else in the Bible. Because Jesus Christ himself says, I have much to tell you, and yet you have just, you're just not ready for it yet. That's third thing I want us to understand is that the Holy Spirit is the one who sets us free. He is the one who convicts us of our sin. He is the one that sets us free. And in the context of Galatians, he's talking about setting us free from the bondage of sin, from the desires of the flesh. And he describes the desires of the flesh as sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, witchcraft, Hatred, discord, jealousy, so forth, so forth, and so forth. And he goes on and he says something that's very offensive to our generation. And he says, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I know we live in a time in which we want everybody to go to heaven. And I want everybody to go to heaven. But the, the Bible teaches us that those who purposely ignore the teachings of God, that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on and he says that the flesh is contrary. It is in a, it is in a battle. It is in conflict with the, with the spirit. The desires of the flesh is so contrary, contrary to the desire of the spirit. And one of the things that you will often see in many Christians is that when they are regenerated, when they are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, 
the, the desires of their life totally changes. I don't know if you've, if you've ever seen anybody who has, who has converted. Because being, myself being from a minority ethnic group, in which we worship our traditional religion is so much different than Christianity. And I see their conversion and how much their lives change. It is amazing at what the Holy Spirit can do in people's lives. They go from these people, men who abuse their wives, men who see themselves as basically the king of their house, right? And they abuse their wives every way possible. And they see that in their mind, abusing their wives is what makes them men in their culture. And, and they just totally change when they convert to Christianity. And they just totally change. The desires to abuse their wives is no longer there. But they, they, they totally become a new person. A new person who loves their wife now. Who doesn't desire to abuse their wife anymore. It is an amazing, amazing, amazing thing to see. I, I, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. But yet when they accept Jesus Christ, things just absolutely change in their life. And this is what the Holy Spirit is to do. is to convict us of our sin. He has to convict us of our sin, and he has to transform us. And that's the role of sanctification. To let us, to teach us to let go of the past. To let go of our old desires, our old ways. Our old ways. And to take upon the things of God. You know, I oftentimes think about where, where my, where, where the monks would be in terms of their faith. If Ted Adrianoff and Ruth Adrianoff came into our village and they were so afraid to offend our religion, I often think where we would be at. You know, in, 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 the Hmong, in the Hmong culture, Catholics, the Catholics were the first ones to come to, um, to convert us. But one of the things that the Catholics did, and the reasons why there's not a lot of Hmong Catholics, is because when they converted us, they did not transform us. They did not try. They brought us into the church. But we still, we still kept everything that we did. We still worshiped the shaman. We still did, you know, the shaman rituals. We still practiced the old, all the old ways that was in the old religion. But when the Christians came, when the CMA came, when they converted us, there was an, an expectation for us to leave all of that behind. There was an expectation for us to be transformed to put away the old shaman ways and to take upon this new idea of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And when we did that, Christianity and the, and the Hmong community just grew. It just grew. And nowadays, nowadays, just here in America, about 40,000, just in the 40,000 Hmongs just in the CMA. And of course, tens of thousands of other people within other denominations. But that's how Christianity grew, was because this Ted Adrianoff, he was not afraid to, to, to give us a certain standard that we need to live up to. And he said, you need to change. You need to let that go. And we let that go. The Catholics nowadays, they, they came to our villages first, but you know, they say, you can, keep, you, know, you can keep whatever you want. 
And so we kept everything. So we kept going back to that. We never cared. You know, we're part of the church, but we kept doing the same things to the Catholics. The Hmong Catholics never do. That's one of the things that we, that we need to understand is that when the Holy Spirit comes, that it changes us, that it transforms us. And then the last, last thing I want us to understand is that the Holy Spirit, He gifts us. He's the one that calls us. He's the one that provides us the gifts to serve God. We read about Ezekiel's calling earlier today. That was the calling of Ezekiel as he was going to go and proclaim the message of God to the people of Israel. And even though they were not, they were not going to listen to him, he was still supposed to proclaim it to them, regardless of whether or not they listened. And so we must understand that it is through the Holy Spirit that he calls us. Each and every single one of us, we're here today as Christians because we were called by the Holy Spirit. And he lives inside each and every single one of us. So we must not forget his role within our lives. We must not forget that he is our sanctifier. And as John John Wesley often taught, that we must continue on until perfection. Knowing that we may not reach perfection in this lifetime, but it is the process that we must continue on because the Holy Spirit is with us. And so in conclusion, there are four points today is that this, that the Holy Spirit is co-equal with the Father and the Son. But he has a different role, and that role is to sanctify us. That the Holy Spirit is the author of the entire scriptures. The Holy Spirit is the one who sets us free from the desires of the flesh. He is the one that transforms us. He is the one that changes us. And he's also the one that calls us and gifts us for the work of the ministry. Let us pray together. Father, we confess that many times as your children, that we have forgotten about the role of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. We ask that you forgive us. We ask that you remind us of his role and that you continue to allow him, his presence to be with us, to lead us throughout our lives, to sanctify us, to make us more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, along the way, as we stumble and as we fall, we cannot pick ourselves up, but with the presence of the Holy Spirit, we know that he will be the one to be there, to pick us back up and to hold us through this journey as we journey back home to be in your presence. And so, Father, today we pray for your word, that your word will bring light into our life. And so we lift everyone up to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.